This is Generation Justice, a multiracial project that trains youth to harness the power of community through media, narrative, and critical consciousness. I'm Madhumita Santanam. And I'm Zan Dixon. We want to remind you that this program broadcasts from the rightful lands of the TYP. This evening, we bring you two informational interviews about what's happening in our community. We speak with Afromundo's Executive Director, Maritza Perez, and youth artist Lauren Mills Bohannon about the upcoming 2023 Afromundo Festival. This year, the festival focuses on resistance and creativity. To talk about the importance of vaccine equity in New Mexico, we bring you an exciting interview with Chanel Wiese Carl, the Executive Director of the Somos Unidos Foundation. And don't miss our weekly community calendar. We have fun upcoming events and important announcements. That's right. The first song we bring to you is Indigenous Worldwide by local New Mexican artist Defy, featuring DJ Ohm. This song was created in solidarity with Indigenous communities. Yeah, in Indigenous tribes, we have survived worldwide. Now it's time to thrive. We have survived worldwide. Indigenous tribes worldwide. Yeah. Now it's time to thrive. Open up your mind. thanks. The 2023 Afro Mundo Festival on Resistance and Creativity is starting this Saturday, April 15th, and it will end on the 22nd. Here to talk about Afro Mundo's mission and the festival is Maritza Perez the founding director of Afromundo, and Lauren Mills-Bohannon, a young artist who is also part of Afromundo. Lauren created this year's festival image. Here's my co-host, Zan Dixon, speaking with Maritza Perez and Lauren Mills-Bohannon. This is Zan Dixon with Generation Justice, and I'm speaking with Maritza Perez, a native of the Dominican Republic. Maritza is an independent scholar, cultural activist, and author of Geographies of Home. Maritza Perez is Afromundo's founder and executive director. And Lauren Mills Bohannon is a freshman at UNM with deep passion for art. Starting at the age of four, Lauren has never stopped expanding and refining her skills, working with traditional and digital mediums and dabbling in pottery, sculpting, and metalworking. She's currently pursuing her BFA in studio arts and her favorite classes are in ecology. Maritza and Lauren, welcome back to Generation Justice, and it's wonderful to have you. Thank you for having us back. Thank you. Um, can you please tell us more about yourselves? So, like my introduction said, my name is Lauren Mills Bohannon, and I am Afro-Latinx. I recently started coming to terms more with the Mexican and Hispanic side of me. Uh, I've had a lot of trauma associated with those roots of mine and in my adulthood, I'm really trying to take those back and like make them my own. Um, I'm glad that I get to work with my aunt Maritza in Afromundo and I'm just very grateful that I've gotten the opportunities I have um, like creating the logos and the posters. I feel like this is really important work that I get to not only participate in, but be witness to. And as you said, my name is uh, Maritza Perez. I am the founder of Afromundo, which doesn't mean be impressed because the truth is we wouldn't exist if it weren't a collective. It's 
Afromundo is based on the concept of convite, which means communities coming together to make something happen. And so, and it's based on the understanding that everybody in a community has something to contribute. So I am so honored to have Lauren and so many people in the community helping to make Afromundo a success. Thank you both of you for sharing more about yourselves. You're both such powerful people. Um, can you, Maritza, please share us more about um, Afromundo and what your mission is as well? Yes, our mission, well, let me start with narratives. Um, narratives are foundational to every aspect of our lives, whether we know it or not. It's It informs history, culture, class, race, policies, education, healthcare, it informs everything, yet there are so many narratives that do not get told. Um, so many narratives and voices that have been disappeared or marginalized. And so Afromundo's mission is to serve as a platform for those narratives to be shared. And, and not just for um, presenters to come and talk to an audience, but for an audience to engage with presenters because that is as important. Audiences also have narratives to share and um, that's the basis for Afromundo. And this year's theme is resistance and creativity because yes, as Lauren mentioned earlier, it's about resilience and survival for Afro peoples, for indigenous people, actually for anybody who has suffered colonialism, survival was an act of creativity. So what we ate, how we dressed, um, what we preserved, every aspect of our lives was a creative act of will to survive and, and, and thrive when we were not meant to, when we were meant to be expendable. And, um, and it's, so we try to focus on that strength, but not just on the positive. We also confront the historical and, and the traumas. Um, and it's about eliciting a dialogue so that solidarity, strength, so that, so that we can thrive communally. Yeah, narrative shift is one of the most important things. Changing narrative and sharing the stories of people who aren't well thought of um, historically. Um, so I'm very thankful for that work. Can you tell us more about the upcoming second annual Afromundo Festival? And um, just share more about its actual specific um, focusing on resistance and creativity. Yes, this year it focuses on Honduras, Peru, Brazil, and the United States. And we always choose different regions where, because it's assumed that Latinos look a certain way. And so our point is, guess what? Two thirds of the slaves that came to the Americas went to Latin America, to Spanish and Portuguese and French speaking Americas. And so it's, it's the purpose is to let African-Americans know that they have community and shared histories throughout Latin America. And so it's really exciting because um, some amazing artists are coming through. If you go to aframundo.org and all the events are listed there, um, 
Ticket and registration is already available for a couple of the events and the others will soon come. It includes Grammy nominees. It includes world-renowned chefs from like Netflix docu-series, High on the Hog. It includes um, local people from New Mexico. It includes a broad spectrum of Afro-Indigenous peoples. Like for example, um, like um, the Osetwa, she's the big queen of the New Orleans Washita Nation, New Orleans Indians, Mardi Gras Indians. She's coming to talk about that aspect. We try to approach culture through film, through music, through dance, through narratives, through panels, because it's not about just coming here, you know, watch us sing and dance. It's come to learn about us and about yourself and about each other. It sounds like there's going to be so much culture to be shared there and so much to experience. Um, I can't wait to attend myself as well. And I hope everyone um, listening as well is able to make it. Um, is there any specific um, activities you'd like, also like to um, share to our listeners about what's going to happen uh, there or anything else more specific? Yes, um, we posted a the link for the uh, grand finale concert, which is two amazing Grammy nominees coming in from Peru. Um, don't miss out on that because tickets go fast. There are no tickets available for Aurelio. Um, already you can get tickets for the Decimas, which is a poetry um, event and it focuses on Brazilian and Spanish and spoken word English to, to tie those traditions come to the culinary event. There is also an amazing film and I'm bragging here on everybody. There's an amazing short film that we're featuring. It's called Crooked Trees Gone Make Me, I don't remember the title, but um, Crooked Trees, the director of that film is coming to, to um, participate. And in 15 minutes, I don't wanna give much out, but in 15 minutes, that film, cause it's a short, it's breathtaking and it's amazing the many histories and cultural aspects that it brings up in 15 minutes. Um, it's also about, there's a, a Thursday presentation that is about inclusive narratives and it brings in all these different speakers. It follows a, a short documentary, but it brings in all these different speakers who are revolutionizing the act of narrative, for example, one of them works with um, prison inmates, another one because Afro-Brazilians aren't published, um, founded her own publishing house. It also um, includes Josie Lopez from the Albuquerque Museum, who is trying to bring in um, different voices. So it, there's just so much going on, but I don't want to take up all the time because I also want to give Lauren a chance to speak. And for those who don't know, the amazing image that is on our poster and is on the Afromundo website representing this year's festival was done by Lauren Bohannon. And I have to say that when she shared the image with me, I was moved profoundly to the roots of my soul, because she understands 
what we're all about. Um, it doesn't incorporate any stereotypical images. It's just, it captures soul. It captures heart. It captures trauma. It captures hope and possibility. And she moves me deeply. We are so lucky and so proud to have her um, collaborate and, and teach us. So Lauren, I throw it back to you. <laughs> yeah. Every time like you talk about me, I'm just like, oh, thank you. So like I, I never know how to respond to like your praise because it's just always so from the heart and I'm like kind of like a deer in headlights. But um yeah, I I think that the main thing that I am really looking forward to again this year and something that was really present last year is just the range of things that we are and the different like range of art and like ways that we express ourselves. Afro Mundo isn't just like a college lecture where you sit down and like you have a speaker who talks at you for like an hour. It's like there is like some of that but most of it is like we have like the event that's like food and we have the event where it's um we have like dancers and step and it just shows the different variation and variety that like we bring to the table that doesn't get like talked about very often i think that um when i think about festivals like this i think you know oh there's going to be like music poetry and like maybe a speaker when I'm thinking like diverse festivals, like sometimes it's just like a speaker, but we represent so much more than that. There's so much color and like vibrancy in all of our communities. And I think that one of the biggest like strengths of Afromundo, but also one of the biggest challenges is how are we going to represent all of these different facets of like all these different cultures? Cause it, there's just so much that it's, hard to like even put it into a seven day festival. Like I, if this was like a one or two day thing, I don't think that we would even be scratching the surface. I still don't think that like a seven day festival is like scratching the surface, but we have enough time to like address some of the things we want to address um, and show how much like spirit we have and just, how much we bring to the table, yeah. Thank you, Lauren. Can I just add something to that that you brought out? Um, yeah. That the reason why it's a seven-day festival instead of cramming everything into a weekend is because we try to nurture relationships. Like even all the artists who are coming, they don't just come for one night to, oh, present and leave. They stay so that the community can have access to them so that all of the presenting artists can form community and meet each other and for the community to, to find each other because times are hard and we need community. And, and um, by having it be a week long festival, people get to know each other. And it's also about, Afrimundo is also about engaging community in dialogues that are sometimes had just within universities or whatever, and trusting that everybody can bring something 
to the conversation and that these sophisticated conversations can be had among the general public. So there's nothing elitist about it. It's like everybody's has something to say and can share. Thank you so much for bringing up um, this thought of community engagement and making sure that the community is heard and that they're also um, hot as well and that they are uh, able to have access to the same information that everyone else has and to make sure that um, our community stays knowledgeable. I'm very thankful for uh, both of you for helping bring that to the um, to our community here. Lauren, I'd also like to um, ask for you to actually describe it for um, some of the listeners as well, or the graphic that you made, and also talk more about the, um, the specific meaning behind it and your creative process for it as well. Yeah, so for my image for Afromundo, um, I was hesitant to really come back the second year and do another image because I wanted to open up the dialogue to other artists. But um, after a few weeks of the uh, poster competition running, I was like, okay, I really feel passionate about this. I want to contribute something. And then it ended up being something that I was really proud of and that really resonated with me and everyone on the Afromundo team. So we ended up making it the uh, image for this year's festival. So going into it, I really wanted it to be a visual of our soul um, and not just like our soul as in like me and Maritza, but like our community soul and the communities of like different people and their different um, narratives, but our shared pain. So for the image, you have uh, anatomically cor correct um, heart in the center, and it has all of the arteries and veins cut off, except for um, the artery that goes directly up and down because that connects us to the sky and the earth. Um, and then on the left side, you can see our history in the past which is we've been plucked clean, we've been forced to conform in the past, our history is bloody, it's gory, but it's also beautiful. And so moving towards the left side of the piece, you can really see us bouncing back um, because I wanted to show how resilient we are as a people. Um, we're like a perennial flower, even though you like try and cut off all of our leaves and you try to cut us off from our culture and uproot us, we just keep coming back and we keep coming back stronger and more beautiful. So on the right side, you can see all of our um, plumage really being allowed to flourish again. At first, I didn't have the leaves on the right side at all. I wanted to like really show like, oh, isn't this horrible, like how our culture has been stripped from us. Um, I think that I was leaning more towards anger towards the beginning of the project. But as I was working towards it, I was thinking, I really don't want this piece to be so nihilistic. I want us to acknowledge the past and our trauma because that's an important part of the healing process. And I don't think anyone should be made to feel like they should forget their trauma. But I also want to have more of an optimistic outlook 
because without optimism, we're kind of kept from moving forward. And that's what the institution and institutional racism wants to do to us. They want to like break us, basically. They want to break our spirit and hammer us down. But I want to show that despite all of that and despite overwhelming forces against us, we are so resilient. Um, so for the poster, I wanted to incorporate um, leaves that are different colors. So we have different colors from the flags that are involved in this year's festival. So I wanted the green, I wanted the red, which is kind of more fuchsia because uh, I wanted it to pop a little more, and then yellow. So all of these colors that kind of represent who we are all together. Thank you so much for sharing um, more about that. Uh, it's very important that we learn more about um, our culture and think of things not in this nihilistic sense, but think of it in a optimistic sense that we will achieve liberation if we continue to work towards it. Um, so thank you so much for uh, talking about that. Um, going back to community in a way, um, just to help our listeners out, can you also talk about uh, where people can find uh, more detail about the festival and also the schedule as well. Absolutely. The festival is from April 15 through April 22nd, and um, it takes place at different locations. And we did that so that different areas could have equal access. So it takes place at the Outpost Performance Space, 516 Arts, National Hispanic Cultural Center, South Broadway, and we're really excited, Valle del Oro Wildlife Refuge, one of the events. Um, this amazing artist is flying in from Brazil, and that event is Samba de Roda and Samba de Caboclo. And Caboclo is, is actually based on indige Brazilian indigenous traditions, but come learn about all of it. But I thought it was important to also take our communities to outdoor spaces so that we could claim outdoor spaces and how wonderful to have a place like Valle del Oro that's 10, it's a bird sanctuary that's 10, 15 minutes in, out of Albuquerque in the South Valley. Um, but anyway, so yes, aframundo.org, aframundo is all one word. Um, there you can list, all the events are listed. If you click on any event, it'll give you the details. If you click on any name, they'll give you, it'll take you to the bios. Um, keep an eye out on our Facebook page, which is Aframundo Organization, because there we post when tickets are available, which I just posted a little while because that last concert, it's going to go really fast. So, um, yeah, please come because this is for community and it's open to everybody. Come join the dialogue. Thank you so much for that as well. Is there anything else any, um, you guys would like to add? Yeah, I'd just like to add one thing to what Maritza said um, about us taking back our outdoor spaces. Um, I think that across cultures, we all have like such a deep connection to land and it really influences who we are. Yet historically, those are spaces that we've been pushed out of. If you look at the colonization of the US and for example, 
um, which is the example that I'm like using right now, uh, you see like we've been pushed and like relocated and taken like from our native lands and taken here and then just like shuffled around like marvels. But I think that it's important to reclaim our connection with the earth because now that like people know how beautiful our connection with like New Mexico is, for example, we're also being pushed out of our like nature reserve spaces and we're fearful to go outside. And I think that one of the most powerful things that we can do is to just stand in nature and claim it again, uh, not like claim nature itself, but claim the fact that we have a place in it and that we're not gonna be moved from it. Um, so that's what I wanted to add there. Yeah, it's not about ownership. It's about Mother Earth, Pachamama. I mean, we all belong. And sometimes, you know, we forget that we belong. So that event was to serve as a reminder that we all do. Yeah, that's one that I'm really excited for this year. Our natural connection to this earth is um, what brings us to community. And I think we need to appreciate our connection to community and to everyone else as well. Uh, so I'd like to um, thank you both, Lauren and Maritza, for coming back to Generation Justice and for sharing about um, this wonderful event coming up, Afro Mundo. And I hope everyone and all the listeners are able to attend. Um, and I can't wait to come myself. Thank you so much for inviting us again. Um, as I said earlier, we love what Generation Justice does. Um, and so to be able to have a conversation with you is, is an honor for us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. I love this platform so much, but I'm just really grateful to be back and I'm grateful to that you guys had me back. Thank you so much. Um, for Generation Justice, I'm Zandix. Thank you, Maritza and Lauren, for sharing about this year's festival and the exciting activities that we can look out for. I appreciate that you took the time to share about this year's festival image, which was designed by Lauren, and the meaning behind it. The song we'll hear now is Africa Viva and Me by Dominican musician and known as the Queen of Afro-Caribbean Sound, Ziomara Fortuna. Camina, camina, la vida te pertenece, mashe, mashe. La vida te pertenece, mashe, mashe. La vida te pertenece, mashe, mashe. If you've ever been to a New Mexico United game, you know that the crowd is second to none with people from all walks of life coming together for one thing, soccer. But in the same way, our communities support the team. New Mexico United supports our communities through the Somos Unidos Foundation. Madhu, could you tell us more about the foundation and their work? Sure, Zen. Chanel VC Carl, the executive director of the Somos Unidos Foundation, will tell us about their work tonight. The Somos Unidos Foundation is a 501c3 dedicated to creating positive outcomes for New Mexicans through art, sport, community, and unity. Somos Unidos Foundation is a Better Together Coalition member funded by the New Mexico Infectious Disease Bureau through the New Mexico Department of Health to provide vaccine equity information to New Mexico. Today, 
We hear from Chanel VC Carl, who tells us about the vaccine equity work that they've been doing and why they're a part of this health effort. Here's Leader for Change fellow Ariana Cordova speaking with Chanel VC Carl. This is Ariana Cordova with Generation Justice, and I am speaking with Chanel Wiese Carl, Executive Director of the Somos Unidos Foundation, a 501c3 community organization affiliated with New Mexico United. Chanel was born and raised in New Mexico and attended the University of New Mexico's Anderson School of Management for her undergraduate and graduate studies. At the Somos Unidos Foundation, Chanel and her team work to create positive outcomes for New Mexicans through art, sport, health and wellness, and community. Chanel, welcome to Generation Justice. Thank you for having me. Please tell us more about yourself. Thank you also for the intro. Uh, I run the Somos Unidos Foundation, which is the nonprofit arm of New Mexico United. And our original mandate is to make soccer accessible to everyone. Um, but it's been really cool to apply you know, different lenses to that work and expand it into different spaces just to create more positive outcomes for New Mexicans as a whole. I was born and raised in the Albuquerque area, so I'm a lifelong New Mexican, and I'm super proud to be able to do the work with a team that really represents New Mexico and gives us something to be super proud of and to cheer on. I was a fan of New Mexico United in the first year, 2019. I didn't start with the team until 2020, when the foundation was launched in the middle of a pandemic shutdown. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing more. Somos Unidos has been part of the Better Together initiative, which focuses on vaccine equity in our state. Why did you come to support this vaccine equity effort? Yeah, I think that New Mexico United and our fan base and our players and our front office personnel and all the community members that we support through the foundation is really poised to be part of a big public health effort. Um, and that's been part of our work since the very beginning. Like I mentioned before, we were launched right in the middle of a shutdown. My first day with the team was April 7th of 2020. And so all of our original programming around bringing people together around the sport of soccer, around having free youth clinics for kids, that all had to be put on hold. And my very first project was a huge blood drive. Um, because the governor had called the leadership of New Mexico United and said, you know, we're we're in a crisis for blood donations right now. Um, what can you, New Mexico United do? And so under that umbrella was really the first way that we started doing our work. And now that we've gotten back to a little bit of our original mandate of, you know, bringing soccer closer to people, um, we've built this incredible community. And so I just saw the opportunity to really put the shield to work and make it become something that actually um, results in direct positive outcomes in our community. So when I say that we're poised to be in this space, um, we have the community and we have this Somos Unidos concept, which means you know we're stronger together and we identify in this black and yellow family from all different walks of life, that's a wonderful bedrock for now encouraging a public health mindset, which is I take care of me to take care of you. Yeah, I think it's wonderful to, you know, create such a, an amazing community and uh, an amazing, you know, like you said, black and yellow family 
while keeping healthcare and the health of everyone in mind, I think that's wonderful. Um, especially, you know, with the way the pandemic has gone and the way it's still going right now, I think it's just so great to have an understanding that togetherness is important, but so is the health and safety of everyone. Could you please talk to us about the importance of vaccine equity in New Mexico? Absolutely. Just just like a lot of the resources that are available in our state, access and um, something that can pierce through the noise of disinformation is super important. There are a lot of nonprofits doing really incredible work, you know, namely the ones that are in the cohort of the Better Together program as well. And the Department of Health and other agencies um, have people who are working tirelessly to, to put together resources to make sure that people um, you know, have maybe access, but sometimes you need to meet people where they're at. And so I think that it's important when we think about vaccine equity that we're not just talking about making something free or low cost, um, but true equity is actually spending resources and labor and energy into making sure that people um, don't have to jump through hoops to actually receive something that may be low, low cost or free. And so our interpretation of that is embedding it into places where we know people are already looking for information like schedule, like roster updates for New Mexico United, and also using incentives um, in order to encourage that participation, whether that participation or that call to action is just looking at the website and reading through resources and, you know, entering into something that way, or if it's actually receiving a vaccination that maybe you wouldn't have received before. And so a lot of those things are looped into equity. It's not just give everyone a free pair of shoes, but give everyone a free pair of shoes in their size. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful way to put it, um, making sure that you know, not only is everyone getting the same opportunity, but making sure that it is, I guess, tailored to help them in the specific ways that they need. I think that that's super important. How has your work personally been influenced or impacted by COVID-19? Yeah, we'll go back to the beginning again. Um, and just for context, for some of the listeners who may not be original OG fans of New Mexico United, um, New Mexico United had a banner year in its first year of existence. In 2019, it broke attendance records in the league, and that's, you know, across the country, comparing to different um, clubs and teams, you know, across the United States. It broke merchandise records. There, uh, the supporters were coming together in these incredible ways, and the community service that was really shared between the fans and the club um, was off the charts. And then when all of that got put on hold in 2020, um, Another fact, you know, for those who don't know, New Mexico United played every single game on the road in 2020. So there were no opportunities for the community to actually gather together in person, you know, in an abundance of safety and, and caution. So um, really our work was to be 100% focused on going to where people needed us the most. Uh, and it's something that's really stuck into our work as we move forward. Um, if we would have started as we originally planned, you know, we would have been very heavily soccer focused. And I appreciate all the lessons that we learned throughout 2020 and what how it pushed us to be more creative and to meet people where they are. 
Um, and so now, you know, we do plan out like 70 to 80% of our year and we know the programming goals that we want to hit. But I tell my team, it's very important that we keep some padding in there because I've used the metaphor, you know, we need to be like the white blood cells of the state and, you know, rush to wherever we're needed most. And that's going to require some flexibility and some, you know, reactivity from us. And so whether those have been a lot of health related things, I mentioned, you know, that first blood drive that we did, we got a call from a distillery saying, hey, I have a ton of hand sanitizer. Do you all know where to take it? Well, at the very same time, we're having a conversation with a school about, you know, distance learning and a school supply drive. So I see that as our role to kind of maintain this nimbleness and these connections and help the great people in our community who want to do awesome things for each other be connected through something really positive. Um, so those are pretty much like the original tenets of the work. And I feel like that is what has brought us to today, an actual structured program in place, our first really, you know, significant grant program that we've been able to be part of this cohort. Um, we're in a perfect place to do the very same thing within the Better Together cohort. I think that's really wonderful. You know, like you had been mentioning this idea of like togetherness and community kind of being highlighted by art and sport together. I think it's super wonderful and super beautiful. It's something that the community um, very much does benefit from, but also that, you know, the community also needs. So I think uh, that that's great and just, you know, want to take the time to say thank you for all of this. I think it's really great. For those who are interested, uh, where can people find out more about Somos Udinos and your vaccine equity work? Sure. Thank you for that question and, and for the sentiment. Um, we're really proud to just, you know, be part of this program and get to, you know, push ourselves in a new space. One of our employees, David Estrada, he actually has a bachelor's in community health education, and he spends most of his time coaching our academy team. And so this has been really great for him to actually flex a little bit of that and educate us on, on public health and social determinants of health and how actual like community gathering and convening and that social health is, is such a huge piece of the big picture and like a holistic sense of a person's health and, and their family. Um, but yes, I will answer your question about where you can find more about us. For resources that are directly linked to United in Health, you can visit unitedinhealthnm.com. And then if you're interested in the work of the Somos Unidos Foundation overall, and if you want to, you know, meet our team and get in touch, we're at somosunidosfoundation.org. So I really want to encourage people to get involved in whatever way makes sense for them. If you look at a picture of the New Mexico United Shield, if you just want to Google it or look at every third car on the road, you'll notice that where the stripes are, it's intentionally open. And so that is for people to come and go as they see fit. And really there's a seat or a standing room only section for everyone. Um, we look forward this year to expanding our work, obviously, in what we're talking about today, which is inspiring people to take care of their community through art and sport. Um, but we're also really excited to see, you know, youth get more involved in the most global game in the world and really using it as a tool to educate about what it means to be a global citizen, 
um, really through New Mexico United. We just want people to see themselves as something bigger and inspire people to also use their imagination for what is possible. A lot of people said a professional soccer team wouldn't work here in New Mexico, and I'm grateful for the people who work tireless, tirelessly to bring it to us now so that we can do really good things with it and have a lot of fun at the same time. Awesome. Thank you so much. I want to take a second um, to say thank you for joining me today, first of all. Um, but, you know, just teaching both myself and all of our GJ listeners about um, how art and sport can really, you know, step to the plate to bring people together, but also bring people together in a way that is safe and uh, beneficial for everyone. Um, I think you know, especially right now when people are starting to talk about how the pandemic is over when it really isn't and getting a lot loose with the way that they handle uh, being in public spaces. I think that vaccine equity that specifically has to do with togetherness in community is just so important to, you know, keep in mind right now and work with right now. So I think this is, you know, such amazing work. So I want to say thank you for everything that you do. And yeah, you know, I had a great time um, learning more about vaccine equity as someone who also does a lot of work with vaccine equity. Um, but yeah, no, just thank me. Thank you so much for uh, joining me today and for everything that you've done. Well, thank you for all that you do as well. I think this is so cool. Um, we're really about youth empowerment and development and um, hearing what you all have to say. So there's ever anything we can signal boost or any way that we can be helpful, we'd love to do so. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. For Generation Justice, I'm Adriana Cordova. Thank you, Chanel, for coming to Generation Justice to share about your work towards equity for the people and for sharing about the vaccine equity work you've accomplished with Somos Unidos and Better Together. If you're not up to date with your vaccinations, please go to vaccinenm.org and schedule an appointment today. Again, that is vaccinenm.org. Next year here, We Are One by Pitbull, chosen by our guest, Chanel Wiese Carl. We have some amazing community events coming up to share with you. Tell me, Madhu, what can we look forward to? On Wednesday, April 12th, from 10 to 11 a.m., you can attend the Powerful Tools for Caregivers Family Caregiver Series. This is a six-week course that empowers caregivers with tools to take better care of themselves while continuing to care for their loved ones. Strategies covered in the courses are reducing stress, managing emotions, improving communication, and elevating overall well-being. Courses run from Wednesday, April 12th until Wednesday, May 17th. It'll be taking place at Barella's Senior Center on 714 7th Street Southeast. Pre-registration is required. So for more information about this event, you can contact Aaron Tarika at Aaron at FamilyCaregiverNM.org or call 505-494-4021. Again, you can contact Aaron Tarika at Aaron at FamilyCaregiverNM.org or call 505-494-4021 for more information. What else do we have? The West Mesa Community Center Health Fair 
is happening on Saturday, April 15th from 11 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. This is a great opportunity to get complete healthcare information and resources for your whole family. That's right. There will be COVID vaccines being administered at no cost. There will also be haircut vouchers, lice kits, vendors, education, pharmacies, music, games, and more. This health fair will be at the West Mesa Community Center, located at 5500 Glenrio Road, Northwest. For more information, you can contact Matthew Montoya at fcsinfo at cabq.gov or call at 505-836-3487. That's right. To contact Matthew Montoya, you can email fcsinfo at cabq.gov or call 505-836-3487. Zen, coming up is American Indian Week. Could you tell me a little bit more about it? Of course, April 24th through the 28th is American Indian Week, and the Indian Public Cultural Center is celebrating from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. You can watch cultural dancing, take a tour of the exhibits, enjoy food, and look at art from local Native artists. This will take place at the Indian Public Cultural Center on 2401 12th Street Northwest. For more information, you can visit IndianPueblo.org or call 505-843-7270. Again, you can go to IndianPueblo.org or call 505-843-7270 for more information about this event. That wraps up our community calendar. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you've enjoyed this hour of community action. We'd like to thank our guests, Maritza Perez, Lauren Mills-Bohannon, and Chanel Wiese-Carl for sharing more about what's going on in our New Mexico community and what to look forward to. Tonight's Hour of Radio was produced by Roberta Rayel and Barbara Ramirez with production assistance from Sunandita Santanam. And thank you to our interviewers, Zan Dixon and Ariana Cordova. We want to give a big shout out to all of our youth producers. We cannot do what we do without you. Generation Justice would also like to thank KUNM for bringing the voices of young people to you, KUNM listeners. Our website is generationjustice.org, where you can check out all of our multimedia work and listen to our podcasts, which are also available on SoundCloud, Apple, and Google Podcasts. We're also active on social media. Find us on Facebook and Instagram, and follow our playlists on Spotify. Generation Justice is funded by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation, with additional funding from the Annie E. Casey Foundation, Con Alma Health Foundation, the New Mexico Department of Health Infectious Disease Bureau through the Better Together Program and Office of School and Adolescent Health. As well as the City of Albuquerque, Race Forward, Media Justice, and of course, all of you have contributed to our project by visiting our website and clicking Donate. Our opening song is Youth of the Nation by P.O.D. I'm Madhumita Santanam. And I'm Zan Dixon. Coming up on KUNM is Spoken Word, so stay tuned and join us next Sunday at 7 o'clock. Good night, New Mexico.